0: Well, I appreciate Justin, uh, Pastor Justin, preaching on the book of Philippians last week. Did a great job. I listened uh, to his message, and we're going to continue that today. Let me update you on some of the other messages that are coming up. Next week is Father's Day, and we are going to give you a preview of our God at the Movies uh, series that will be coming up in July. I am going to be. Uh, teaching and we're going to use Superman the movie as kind of a launching off point because Jesus Christ is truly the true Superman and we're going to be celebrating dads so uh, one fun thing we're doing we're, we're trying to encourage you of course obviously to continue to bring your neighbors and friends out to our services to hear the good news of Jesus Christ and so next week If you bring a dad that you're not related to, and uh, it's their first time at Springbrook, we're going to get them free, uh, two free, uh, free two movie. (laughs) I'll say it here, (laughs) two free movie tickets uh, to go see Superman. And so it's kind of a fun, creative way just to kind of engage with people. I was out yesterday talking to some of my neighbors, invited uh, two guys out to church and told them about the movie deal they just kind of laughed and uh, so uh, yeah I really would encourage you to make the ask and again just keep inviting them over time and eventually uh, God will work uh, in that way Uh, then we're going to be finishing up our 11-week series on uh, Philippians Uncommon Joy Joy and Contentment and Joy and Giving then in July we're going to be looking at different themes uh, from blockbuster movies over the past year uh, July 7th, Iron Man, looking at the theme of revenge uh, in the Bible. Uh, then Le uh Redemption, Lincoln, Storms of Life, and Brave, uh, Family Conflict. So, again, another creative way to encourage people to come out uh, and check out Springbrook. We're going to be talking about Brave uh, this weekend. And uh, so, I uh, encourage you to continue to pray that God would bring new people to our church, especially those who don't know Jesus. Well. Last weekend, uh, my family and I were celebrating the wedding of my nephew down in Moline, the Quad Cities, the Great Metropolis, and we had a chance to go to a community zoo. It's one of the best zoo experiences I've had. I've been to Milwaukee, I've been to uh, Lincoln Park and Brookfield, but this is really fun. One of the reasons was is you get so close to the animals. Here's a a uh, picture of some giraffes. Uh, we were on this big platform and we were like five feet away from these giraffes. Somebody asked, can we pet the giraffes? And the zookeeper said, uh, giraffes don't like to be petted. Okay. <laughs> That's why you don't find them in petting zoos. Plus you could never get high to pet them. Uh, all that had to say is that uh, here's another shot of uh, one close up. and uh, Just magnificent animals. 13 to 20 feet high, the tallest animal on the planet, and as I was preparing for this message, I was reflecting on those giraffes, and they were just out there in this big area that they had all of themselves, and they were sunning themselves, and just eating to their heart's content. The zookeeper brought them uh, this food, and uh, they were just having a good time. They, They seemed to be just at peace. At peace, no predators to worry about, no lions, no leopards. Wouldn't that be great? Not necessarily to be in a cage, but uh, <laughs> just to be a total peace. No worries. Well, friends, God wants to give us a supernatural peace in the midst of our challenging life. And that's what we want to explore as we look at Philippians chapter 4, the first half today, so if you could open your Bibles and turn to, turn to Philippians 4, verse 1. Philippians 4, verse 1. It says, Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. Here we we see this incredible love that Paul had for the people at Philippi. We've noted this several times. He just felt so close to them. And if any other letter that he wrote uh, to churches in Scripture, Uh, we see this bond that he has with them that is so unique. He says, My brothers whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. And that's one of the most beautiful things about being part of Jesus Christ's church is the bond that we have in the Holy Spirit and the love that we have for one another on Friday night, uh, we had our worship and production teams together, as, as you know, Jeff and Tabby, this is our last Sunday with us uh, as a worship uh, director, and uh, we were just talking and, and sharing with one another about what we appreciate about Jeff and Tabby, and they were telling us how much they loved us, and it was just a beautiful time of realizing how important relationships are and how when we care for one another and we invest each other, invest in each other's lives and when we do ministry together, it brings such a richness uh, to our experience. And, and friends, that's what our church is about. And if you just happen to attend on the weekends, it's great to have you. But as always, I encourage you guys to take the next step to get involved in a small group, to get involved in a ministry like the worship and production ministry because what I heard that night was people who have worked together side by side and they they really love and care for one another through the Spirit of Christ. And uh, that's really when church becomes exciting and satisfying uh, when you have that type of bond. Uh, well, Paul says to the people at Philippi, stand firm thus in the Lord. And our dependent dependence upon Jesus Christ. Uh, he's our foundation. And he's the one that we stand firm in. Then in Philippians uh, 4, verse 4, we'll jump ahead here a little bit. He says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again I will say, rejoice. Well here we have Paul uh, again uh, saying he's rejoicing seventeen different times in the book of Philippians, we see him saying Rejoice, or using the word joy, that is the key word for the book of Philippians, and it's rejoicing the Lord. Period. Period. Now, maybe you uh, came in today, and you you feel like, man, there is nothing to rejoice about. I've been beat up this week. I've been beat up by by my boss. I've been beat up by my kids. I've been beat up by my bills. My body's beating me up. I just dragged my carcass in the church today. Uh, Maybe that's where you're at. Uh, Hopefully not, but maybe you are. And i got nothing to rejoice about. Oh, yes, you do. (laughs) If you are a Christ follower, if you have a relationship with Jesus, you have everything to rejoice about. If you have nothing circumstantially to count joy for, all you need is Jesus. That's all you need to find joy in. I came across this illustration in a commentary. I was studying in preparation for this message. Uh, Blaise Pascal, one of the greatest minds in human history, great mathematician, invented uh, the first calculator, all kinds of inventions, a great Christian thinker as well. What he did was is uh, he became a Christ follower, And he recorded what that experience was like. And then he put that uh, onto a piece of paper, and he put it in a sewn part of his jacket. Sewn into his jacket was his conversion experience. And every time he bought a new jacket, he would have uh, the piece of paper taken out and put into his new jacket. And this is what it said. He says, in the year of grace, 1654, on Monday, the 23rd of November, from about half past 10 in the evening until about half past 12, fire. Okay? So, two hours, these two hours in his life is when he came to the realization of, of Christ's love for him and his sin and his need for, for Jesus. Uh, He says, God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob, not of the philosophers and scholars. Certitude. Certitude. That means certainty. There's no doubt in my mind. Feeling, joy, peace. That's what overwhelmed him when he found the salvation of Christ. God of Jesus Christ. He goes on, Thy God shall be my God. Forgetfulness of the world and of everything except God. He is to be found only by the ways taught in the gospel. Joy, 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 tears of joy. This is eternal life, that they might know Thee, the only true God, and the one whom Thou hast sent, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. Now He talks about His sin. I have separated myself from Him. I have fled from Him, denied Him, crucified Him. And he talks about a salvation. Let me never be separated from Him. We keep hold of Him only by the ways taught in the gospel. Renunciation, a turning away from sin he talks about now. Total and sweet. Total submission to Jesus Christ and to my director. Talking about the Lordship of Christ. Eternally in joy for a day's exercise on Earth, and when he talk about it, talks about a day's exercise, he's talking about a salvation experience, about those two hours when he submitted himself to Christ, when he took that free gift of salvation, and now he will experience eternal joy. So the point is, no matter how bad things might be going for you, you can always, as you should every day, every day reflect upon your conversion experience that you are a child of the almighty God and all his resources are available uh, to you and you are to live to worship and acknowledge him on a daily uh, basis well let's continue on uh, we look at Philippians 4 or 5 let your reasonableness be known to everyone that speaks of gentleness there's many ways you can interpret it I like gentleness But the fact is that if you're walking with Christ, if you're abiding in Him, if He's living in you, you're going to be gentle with other people, right? If you really are allowing the Holy Spirit to inhabit you, that's the way you're going to treat people, with humility. The Lord is at hand. That can mean two different things. Either the Lord's coming soon, or it means that the Lord is close in proximity. We tend to think He's meaning the Lord is close close because of what he says next in Philippians 4, 6. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Do not be anxious about anything. Have any of you been anxious this past week? Well, we all struggle with anxiety, don't we at times? Uh, the, the biblical word for anxiety means to distract. To distract. Isn't that true? Isn't that what anxiety is? It distracts us from living in a moment and experiencing what God has for us. We're thinking either about the past or we're thinking about the future or we're thinking about the problems that we have and we're not cued into what God wants us to learn at this particular moment. It distracts us. And it doesn't do us any good. The German word for worry is to strangle. Isn't that what anxiety does? It just strangles us. It just sucks the life out of us. And the strange thing about it that when we are anxious, when we worry, when we turn certain things over and over and over in our minds, we think we're actually making progress maybe you've heard of the old analogy of the rocking chair Uh, Now, if you want to go somewhere you don't use a rocking chair the purpose of a rocking chair is to stay in one spot but if you're exercising anxiety trying to make progress and dealing with an issue in your life it's just like sitting in a rocking chair and you can rock and you can rock until almost that rocking chair turns over but you're not going anywhere you're still in the same spot. Now, that is just stupidity, isn't it? Well, I tell you what, a lot of us are exercised in stupidity a lot of the time. Because we just think if we think and think and think and think and think, it's really called rumination. Rumination is to think about the same thing over and over again. It's that idea of a cow chewing its cud. Uh, a draft chews its cud as well. they got the same type of digestive system. But what they do is they bring up, they digest a little bit and they bring it down again well thankfully we don't have that type of digestive system Uh, that's called indigestion uh, when that happens to us right and who really wants to continue to chew on something that's already been in your stomach I mean that's acid and that's what anxiety is you're bringing up all that stress and just oh it's rancid it's nasty I mean and you're chewing on it. I mean, come on! Who wants to do that? But that's what a lot of us are doing on a daily basis. We just keep bringing it up because we don't know what else to do. We don't know what else to do. We don't want to do that. It just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Jesus Christ put it so clearly in uh, Matthew six twenty-seven. And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? What's he saying? He said, anxiety does nothing for you. It can't prolong life. It can't make things better. It's a waste of time. So what have you been anxious about this past week? What have you been ruminating about? What have you been, again, uh, vomiting and chewing on again? I know it's a, it's pretty lurid, but that's exactly what we're doing. We're, we're going to spit it back up again. Well... Has it been something in relationship to uh, your spouse or to your kids or uh, to your job or to your finances or to your health? I mean, there's all kinds of things we can be anxious about. But God says don't do it. One reason is just because it ruins your health. It's distress. Distress. It hits your circulation system and long-term impact upon your body. It's just not healthy to do. That's why Jesus Christ says in Matthew 6:25, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. That's a command. Stop it. <laughs> do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important Now, he was talking to the people there in Palestine, the majority of who were very poor. Uh, They were farmers. And they weren't worried about the bigger issues of life. They were worried about the basics. They were worried, uh, is there going to be enough rain in order that I might have a sufficient crop to feed my family? Now, we do worry about our jobs, but I think the majority of us Uh, have a good uh, feeling that we're going to have food on the table uh, for the next several months, right? Uh, The clothes on our back, I don't don't think... I know some people don't feel like they have the right clothes to wear for certain occasions, but I think we all have enough clothes in our closet right now that we could probably go several years, quite a few years, wearing the same clothes. (laughs) This is what these people were worrying about. They were Worried about the basic necessities of life, and what does Jesus Christ say? I oh, don't worry about that. Is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? He says, "I'll take care of you. I'll meet your needs." First Peter five seven is another wonderful verse to memorize, memorize meditate, uh, think about during your uh, daily office. Casting all your anxieties on Him, because. He cares for you. Casting all your anxieties on Him because He cares for you. God cares for you so much. And He doesn't want you uh, wasting your time with anxiety. So let's go back to Philippians 4 6. It says, Do not be anxious about anything. Nothing. There's no (laughs) exclusions here. Everything uh, is not something that you should be anxious about. But in everything, everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So whenever God says, stop doing something in Scripture, He always gives us a replacement behavior. Stop worrying. And what does He say? He says, start praying. That should just be an immediate response. Whenever we feel like we're concerned about something, before it turning into anxiety, we need to start praying about it. We need to be filled with prayer, supplication requests, all the same type of things. say, okay, instead of me ruminating about this, I'm going to bring this to God. I'm going to trust in Him. Remember that song? came out in the 90s, Don't Worry, Be Happy. (laughs) Kind of a catchy tune, but it was a stupid song, really. I mean, what terrible advice. Don't worry, be happy. I agree with don't worry, but just kind of distracting yourself. Okay, I'm going to be happy now. Well, eventually you're going to turn to worry because the problem with that song is that how are you going to solve your problems? How are you going to deal with challenges in life? There was no solution given. But the beauty of it, that we as Christ followers know that we can give our concerns, we can give our burdens over to God, and He will do something about it. He will resource us. He will put things together in such a way that we'll be able uh, to live through uh, the difficulties in our life. I mean, really, when it comes down to it, this idea of not worrying and praying it all depends upon how much you really believe that God is going to take care of you that God is going to meet your needs i mean it's interesting that in this i mean this this chapter philippians chapter 4 uh, has at least three critical scriptures that Christ followers, Christ followers for two centuries, or excuse me, uh, again, 2,000 years, I believe, have been meditating upon and claiming three wonderful promises. The one we're studying right now in Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Then we look at Philippians four thirteen. There's another promise that God's going to take care of you. I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. I can do anything through Him who strengthens me if I trust Him. Then in Philippians 4:19, And my God will supply every need of yours according to His riches in glory in Christ Jesus. He can supply every need. Now, that's one of the great challenges of life. We have limited resources. We've got limited money in the bank. We've got limited physical energy, emotional energy. We're filled with limitations, but God is going to supply every need. Remember, not just some needs, not 20% of your needs, every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. That's something to rejoice about. That God has this incredible storehouse. Of riches that he can pull from if we'll just trust him if we'll just believe in him if we'll just give control over to him he will make it available to us these are wondrous things and it's all in one chapter isn't that amazing one chapter you just read this chapter over and over again what a tremendous encouragement but I'll tell you what guys We can read it over and over again. But the bottom line is, do you believe it? Do you really, really believe that God is going to care for you? That God is going to help you? That God is going uh, to resource you through the difficulties in your life? And to answer that question, all you have to do is reflect on the last month and determine how anxious you were. And if you had a high level of anxiety, that means you're not really trusting in Jesus. If you're trusting in Jesus, you're not full of anxiety. You're, You're still going through pain. You're still going through difficulty and things like that, but you just continue to send it right back to Him every time it comes to mind. You say... Jesus, I'm trusting in You. I'm giving it all over to You. And then ten minutes later, Jesus, I give it back uh, to You. And that's what you need to continue. to do. It doesn't mean that you stop trying to solve the problem, but now God is the one who is in control. You're no longer, in a sense, control. You give the control over to Him. And so you're depending on Him to bring you the resources, to bring you the insights, to bring you the peace that He promises to you. The other issue uh, that we don't sometimes believe that God is going to come through for us, the second issue is that we don't believe that if we give control over to God, that that's the best thing. Because we all have a tendency to think that we can control things better than God. Uh, that That's just stu- stupid, Right? we keep doing it, right? We think, well, God, well, I can take care of this one. Well, no, 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 no. God is the one who wants to be in control because that's the way He designed it, for Him to be in control. That's the funny thing about uh, people who are afraid of flying. I understand it's a real fear and things like that. uh, But when you think about it and study the statistics, over a lifetime, uh, there's a chance of you dying in an automobile accident Uh, of 1 in 100. Those are the odds. 1 in 100 that you're going to die in an automobile accident. You know what the chances of you dying uh, in a commercial airline uh, flight? 1 in 7,000. 1 in 7,000. So if you're a rational person, you think, well, I'm getting on the plane. (laughs) Right? (laughs) That makes a lot more sense. But I tell you what, you know, we hate to give up. We hate to give up control. We want to be behind the wheel. How many of you hate to uh, uh, ride in a car when somebody else is driving? (laughs) Why? (laughs) Because you're out of control. (laughs) You might not have a high opinion of their uh, driving abilities. Uh, Sometimes people get a little nervous when I'm driving. Uh, But the point being is, is that we hate to give up control, even though we know, well, God controlling things, me controlling things. What's better? Well, obviously God controlling things. But we don't want to give up control. And that's what we need to do. And that's what we struggle with. And that's what I want to challenge you and myself this week, is that we need to give up control. Because when we give up control, when we say, okay, God, I've been working on this, I've been ruminating, I've been <laughs> had indigestion over this for you know three months now, so, I'm going to believe that you're going to come through for me. I'm going to uh, give control over to you. What does he promise? Well, Philippians 4 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is a very important to understand. God does not promise that when you pray to him, he is going to take away your problems that He's going to make your spouse into an angel, that uh, He's going to make your child obedient, that He's going to remove uh, whatever illness you or someone else is struggling with. God doesn't say that He's going to remove pain from this world. He's not going to make your life uh, problem-free. What God does say that He's going to give you peace in the midst of it. This type of peace is what surpasses all understanding. Now again, what kind of peace surpasses all understanding? So let's say that uh, there's some someone who's close to you, a loved one who's in the hospital. And uh, what is a peace that passes all understanding? It just doesn't make sense to normal people. Well, I mean, let's say you pray about it, and all of a sudden you walk into the hospital room and the person is out of bed saying, Man, I feel so good. God healed me. And you have peace about it. Well, that's not a supernatural peace. That's like a normal peace, right? Oh, I'm glad that's over with. But the supernatural peace, is you walk into the hospital room, the person is still as sick as they were before, but you have an incredible peace that God's in control. And you're just not full of anxiety and distress same situation but you have a peace that God's in control and that person even if they have a fatal illness they might die and you're going to have to grieve over them but still you have this supernatural peace how many have experienced that supernatural peace oh yeah that's right yeah it doesn't make sense right because you shouldn't feel that way because nothing's changed, except the fact that you've given it over to God, and you know, no matter what happens, whether that person dies, whether you lose that job, whatever happens in your life, that God is going to give you a peace—a peace that guards your heart. Uh, and the people at Philippi would understand this because it was a Roman garrison, is where Filipino or not Filipino, but Philippians. Excuse me, Filipinos. I didn't mean that. <laughs> there, there were Filipinos back in that day. No. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Uh, where Romans would go to retire, all right, these soldiers. It was a garrison. It was a Roman outpost. And so there were guns. I mean, this nobody was going to take this place. So they know what it meant to be guarded. And so as Paul used that reference, I think intentionally, They say, wow, you know, God is going to guard my heart. He's going to stand as a sentry around my heart. And no matter what's going on around me, no matter how much life is going haywire, He's going to give me this supernatural peace in the midst of it all. Isn't that an amazing, amazing promise? And that's why these verses are our memory verse for this week. And I I put together... Uh, little uh, card here for you it's very very unprofessional i did <laughs> i did it this morning uh because uh, i just thought it'd be helpful for you so again i would encourage you to to make a better card and send it to me i i struggle with this so send it to me you know when you make one for yourself make one for dan and give it to me because i like to put these things all over the place uh but i thought I'd at least put it in your hands uh now I, we're not going to have time for philippians 4 8 but uh Philippians 4, 6, and 7, you know, just put this in your wallet, put it on your mirror, whatever, you know, just where you can see it. And every time you're tempted to be anxious about something, you know, pray and pray with thanksgiving. You know why it says pray with thanksgiving? Because once you have the initial prayer of, Lord, help me through this situation, then the next prayer and the following prayers should be be, uh, prayers of thanksgiving. That God is providing uh, for you okay so thank you God that you're already working on this thank you God that you're always already helping me with my spouse thank you God that you're always helping with my child thank you that you're always already got a job lined up for some way to provide for my needs thank you thank you uh, and that peace of God will guard your hearts and minds uh, again let's uh, Let's skip over to uh, John fourteen twenty seven. 14, fourteen twenty seven, again, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. That's the kind of peace that God wants to give you because He's doing a work in your heart. Right? He's always molding us to be more like Christ, and problems, unfortunately, are the best tool. And then Isaiah 26.3, You keep Him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because He trusts in you. So no matter what you're going through today, you can experience God's peace if you look to Him. Let's just uh, take a moment to have some reflective prayer. Think about that one issue in your life. I know there are many, but just the one that's been most prominent on your mind this past week, and uh, ask yourself, okay, with this particular problem, challenge, issue, burden, you know, how many times over the last week have I prayed about it instead of ruminating about it, instead of worrying about it, instead of being anxious? And then ask yourself the question: What's the problem? Is it is that I don't really believe that God is going to give me a peace about it and help me through it? Or is it an issue of pride? Is it an issue of control? Thinking, I don't want to be out of control. Think about that for a moment. And now I'd encourage you to go to God and just ask the Lord for His incredible power in order to help you not to be anxious and as you start out as you go throughout this afternoon and every time this particular issue comes up that causes anxiety, worry in your life you'll take a moment to pray and say Lord I give this over to you I believe that you can give me a supernatural peace in the midst of this situation I believe that giving you control that you're going to make supernatural things happen you're going to give me insights you're going to bring resources into my life going to help me with coping strategies. Uh, You're going to walk with me, and I'm going to have a new attitude and a new approach to this I've never had before. I pray that to Him. Heavenly Father, thank You for this powerful chapter and I look forward to studying the rest of it after Father's Day full of so many wonderful promises from you you care about us so much you care about no matter what we're we're concerned. if we're concerned about it you're concerned about it And, and I pray for myself personally I wish my belief was stronger I pray that you'd increase my level of belief through your power I pray that you would uh, diminish my pride, diminish my need for control, and to really believe that if I give the control to you, that new things will happen. I'll experience peace, and you'll show me things that I've never seen before. In Christ's name, amen.